Like maybe he likes, part of the reason he, likes he hasn't played ice. is he's a little he likes yeah, the he tough likes ice. the tough ice. Okay. <laughs> See a cat or a dog. <laughs> I think he's more of a raccoon. <laughs> Tech Hockey Guide presents the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the WCHA, with your host Tim Brown, Rob Gilreath. And Dustin Lindstrom. Welcome to episode 10 of the second season of the Chasing Non Podcast. I'm Tim Brown, your host, and I'm joined this week by Dustin Lindstrom. Hey, everyone. Rob Gilreath. Hey, guys. And our old friend, Shane Frederick, who is no longer actually covering Minnesota State, but still involved in our paying attention i guess we should say well hello everyone when you put it that way it sounds kind of sad <laughs> i would imagine old habits die hard right <laughs> they do i'm still paying a lot of attention i still blog and do you still file your blog on game night um i did a post series one this week um so a little slacked a little bit um <laughs> And we'll see if I'll go to the games this weekend in Mankato. Depends. Free Press might still hire me to cover a few games now and then, um, just as a you know a freelancer, and you know if they're shorthanded or they have a lot of sure. things going on. So I'm still I'm still dabbling a little bit. I still have some freelance uh, things that I'm doing as well. All right, this week we're going to discuss the Alabama Huntsville series, Minnesota State's dominant start to the season. The Joe Sean Hour. I'm sure we'll talk about hockey jerseys, flow hockey. And we actually have good things to say about flow hockey this week, right, Rob? We do? We do. Uh-oh. <laughs> and a look ahead to the series with Minnesota State, which is why Shane's here. Uh, anything big I'm missing, guys? I guess the other thing we should talk about is the new the new player for Tech. I don't. Did Minnesota State add anybody at the break? Uh, not that I've seen. I don't okay. think so. But they did I have a... Think so. No, they had a couple guys who I think weren't going to be eligible this season, but then the NCAA made them eligible. Or, I don't know, Sam Morton, the transfer from Union, I believe. He's been playing all year, I believe. So he's. Um, I'm sure he... we'll talk about Tanner Edwards yeah. since our listeners love him and <laughs> the fact that he's come up a few times and he still hasn't played. He might be banged up. Okay. It's hard to get penalty minutes when you can't play. <laughs> I hope he makes a season do debut against Tech. That'd be perfect. <laughs> All right, before we take a break, I wanted to touch on one thing. We fund everything at Tech Hockey Guide from our patrons. You can become one at patreon.com slash techhockeyguide. Uh, we'll be doing a monthly Zoom chat with a special guest. Our next guest will be former Husky and current Youngstown Phantoms head coach Brad Patterson. If you sign up at the white level or above, you can attend that. Since the podcast started, we've done an extended version of every podcast for our patrons at the black level or above. And at the highest level, we have the Zoom chat video of every podcast starting a couple podcasts ago that we get out even a day earlier. Um, and those two highest levels include an authentic MTU jersey patch till I run out. We'll see if I get more this time around. All right, let's do the thank you notes plus a brief note from our sponsor. Got to get those pennies from each of you listening. And we'll come <laughs> back and talk about the Alabama Huntsville series. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, welcome back. Let's start with the Alabama-Huntsville series, I guess. Saturday's game, I almost said Friday because habit. Uh, pretty much went the way we wanted it to from from everything we talked about before the break, that they pretty much dominated. They got the shutout. They got, was it 4 nothing? Yeah, we said like a, yep. we said in the last time that we recorded, which was, I think that was one that, I don't, I don't know when it actually played, but when the last time we recorded, it would be nice to have a game that was low stress. And that's about as low stress as we've had in a while. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, low stress. Some some really nice goals too. Hallen goal with Nardella's assist was really pretty tic tac, you know, tape tape style cross the crease type goal. So it's good to see that instead of you know the scrappy style. So yeah, Friday Friday was good. Friday was good. Saturday was good. I did it instead of you, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't take long at all. No, and it was a good. I mean, dominant game. You get four goals on thirty shots. You allow none on eighteen. They won the face-offs, thirty-five to eighteen, and and they were playing against what I have to imagine is one of the tallest goalies in college hockey. I did not realize how ginormous that guy was. He is they, uh, he is huge. Yeah, and they were one Fascinated. for three on the power play, killed both penalties that they took. Yeah, other than the fact that it took them a whole period, and what. Almost a period like twenty six, twenty seven minutes to get a goal. I yeah, there wasn't much to be concerned about. They played a good game, and then Saturday or Sunday, there we go, my turn. Um, <laughs> it looked like it was going to be a good game. You scored two goals in the first five minutes, and then it just turned off. And just turned off, and allow a goal with four minutes or six minutes left in the first, and and that's the end of the scoring for a game like that, and. I know Joe talked about it quite a bit on the show about how much the rest of the game, it kind of felt like everybody was cheating a little bit on offense. and and But Huntsville did a good job of defending, as Joe calls it, the hard ice, and nobody really got any good chances. It was kind of a boring game to the point that I never really... Uh, the one thing I wanted to do was notice Ashbrook, the new kid, and I didn't... Like the the game kind of got so boring at that point with it being so close and not really a whole lot happening that I didn't even notice him. Yeah, I don't think he he didn't play much, did he after after the first period? I don't even know. I know Joe said he had he he was okay and and has some things to work on yet, but yeah, it's that there those two games are the exact opposites of what you want to see playing Huntsville. The first game, you dominate the game, you do well, you don't allow much. And then the second game was you get a couple of goals, you get up and you shut off and let them hang in there. They get a goal and it's it's close the whole game. 
that's uh, the exact opposite of what what should happen there. Joe Joe used one of our favorite um, analogies this week: the, um, the dogs and cats. Dogs and cats. I wanted to make sure we mentioned that since that was one of our favorites last year. First time I've heard it this year. Yeah, I, part of it is is it felt like Tech did a good job for about half the game and then kind of coasted the rest of the way. It felt like it's not like they got lazy on defense. It's just they just weren't clicking on offense at all. I mean, they still outshot Huntsville out. Uh, you know, won the face-offs, but not by as big a margin. Still killed all the the penalties and got a power play goal again. So it's and and blocked a ton of shots. So it's not like they didn't play good on the dog part of the game, but the cat part did not show up. To to use his analogy for that's, us, that's why it's a cat. I'm, yeah. I'm, can I? May I ask a question as an outsider? What what's the dog and what's the cat? Okay, so Joe's Joe's got this analogy that he's mentioned a few different times that the that the defense in hockey is like a dog. The dog's always there. He's your best friend. He comes when he's called, and the cat is the offense, and that only shows up when it feels like it. <laughs> but it, it it works. <laughs> yeah. This week he said that the, the good teams are and, and what you try to do is you try to turn your cat into a dog. Yeah, <laughs> which from my experience does not work <laughs> yeah it's it's the type of weekend where i think as a program tech needs to get to that point where instead of instead of that leaving them leaving somebody hanging around in the game you need to go out and finish a game decisively and in all honesty do what minnesota state did this weekend and just put goals up and finish your games the way they need to be finished when you're playing somebody it's hard though. I mean, it's I mean, it's just a human nature thing too. I, I've seen good Minnesota State teams do the same thing, even if they come out with a sweep. Where Friday night will be a blowout, and Saturday will just be a little tighter, a little closer. You know, the team that got destroyed the night before plays a little harder. The team that came out, you know, so strong, lack, plays a little lax. I've seen it happen against Huntsville. You know, Anchorage. It just seems like it's a human nature type thing, and um the good teams just you know they don't they don't let those turn into losses they yeah and that i i guess that right there is a positive from from our perspective yeah. those are games where maybe in years past we would have let it turn into a loss on us and we played down you know to the level of a team where it does seem like that does seem to be improving where rather than than losing those tight games like that where you know a team will pick something up on us like anchorage or huntsville would we have you know started to win those games instead so that's definitely a positive i think well and the other thing i thought too was i think joe took the opportunity presented that it's huntsville and he rotated quite a few players didn't that, he? From, that's from yeah that's true the, the roster game? changes from games one to two were pretty pretty severe i mean i know the reaction at least in our family group chat was what's uh why is pietola not starting you know he's been super hot this year he's doing really really well you know what? What's the reason you're even even considering rotating the goalies this weekend? Why why would you go away from Piatola? But because the backup goalie needs time. I mean, his his explanation yeah. before the when he was on with Dirk in the pregame of the the second game of the series was a great explanation for why he did it. Your backup goalie needs to be ready. What happens if something happens to Blake or he tweaks something or? 
even with something with COVID, what if he has to isolate for a while from contact tracing or something? Well, you need to have a guy behind him that's capable. And in order for him to be capable, he needs to have time on the game time on ice to to just be prepared. And, you know, I think if you know, you're picking which spots you want to make that happen, you know, a second game of a series at home against Huntsville after you just had a very good game is a nice spot to do it. Yeah, agreed. I think it makes perfect sense that he rotates them in there. But and it's not like St. Clair had a bad game. Joe talked about no, that too I don't think today. So either. Like he did really well. The one like they didn't. He said they didn't give up a goal that they uh, had a chance on because the the one that they I mean, did like, score was a deflection. Was kick, right? Yeah, it was kicked in by Misiak. I'm almost positive if I remember right who did it. Yeah, it was it was real similar to one of our goals on Saturday night where it just came off the defender's skate, went in between the legs of the goalie, and you're screwed as the goalie there. There's nothing you're going to do. The puck's coming from behind the net, bouncing off a skate immediately. What are you going to do, right? And it's his former team, too. I guess, I would imagine there's a little bit of a, you know, a, an incentive there for him to want to play against his former team, too. So I don't have a problem with it, but when we have someone like Pietro that's been doing so well, it does, you know, bring up the, oh, are we back into this goalie rotation stuff again? And I don't think that's the case. I don't think so either. I think this is the opportunity to start, give Sinclair a start. Yep. And I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, you might see him again against Ferris, but then I, I wouldn't be surprised if you don't see him again until one of those two Unless non-conference series that we have. Yeah. yeah. And, you're, and you're going all the way through now, right? Starting this weekend, provided COVID doesn't... Uh you know, disrupt yeah. the schedule. It's, it's, there are no breaks right until, until the week before the conference playoffs. So you might as well, you know, if you think that a goaltender needs a rest at all, although I think it was Don Lucia way back said like every other player doesn't get that rest wide as a goalie, but I know. Yeah. And the irony of that too is the goalie is the guy who never leaves the ice too. If there's anybody <laughs> that needs a rest, it's the guy that plays the entirety of the game too. Yeah. Right? So I, I, I just think that I, you're looking ahead and it's Huntsville and there's all kinds of reasons you say, you know, throw in, throw in the backup, give him a nod. And then you'll probably go with Piedela, you know, yep. you know, for the long term with maybe an exception here or there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't argue it. I'd be very surprised if Piedela doesn't start both games next weekend. Agreed. Uh, so now we can move on to Minnesota State, who's their, what, 5-1-1 one and one so far, with their only loss being that game we spoke about against Michigan Tech. I don't... Um, yeah, can they... we... Can we trade that weekend for the conference series real quick, just to, just in case, not knowing how this weekend's going to go? Yeah. <laughs> just slide that one in. <laughs> yeah. Pretty dominant performance last weekend, sweeping Northern Michigan in Marquette. Outscoring them nine nothing, a tie against Bemidji State the weekend before, uh, two close games against Bemidji State, and then the, the two games against Tech, and then that five nothing opener against Bemidji. So we've had a pretty good start. Shane, what are what's your perception of Minnesota State this year? Well, the, the, it's crazy because they look so different, right? Because they they don't have. You know, let's go through the names, and it's Michaelis and Toomey and Rivera and French and Mackey and Scheid and Hookinson. 
I don't know if I'm missing anybody. I should know that off the top of my head. I've written it so many times, but, um, <laughs> Oh, Gerard. Yeah. Charlie Gerard. I, well, Charlie probably chirped me on Twitter if he heard that I forgot him or his dad would, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, so I, I, as you guys know, their depth has been so good lately that, you know, you can, you knew that they were going to be okay, but to see them score nine goals this past weekend, um, you know, they've hit five goals three times, I think. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not, it's not, I'm not shocked, but I'm also, uh, I thought maybe there'd be a little bit more of a transition, Obviously, Dryden McKay, he's just as steady as a goaltender. I mean, they've had good goalies in the past who've been, you know, Stefan Williams had two great years, but, you know, he lost the starting job in the year between that. And Cole Huggins, kind of the same thing, was in every other year. And, you know, this is Dryden McKay going on year three, and it's, a, it's, he remains as steady it, as ever. And, you know, he's got, you know, half the, half the decor in front of him. So, pretty much uh, turned over so um you know no shocker as far as them being a decent team i'm just uh but to see them kind of rolling already is is, has been impressive and you know they you know their leading scorer right now is a guy who he's a sophomore who played 10 games as a freshman kind of waiting in the wings probably had every reason to especially this year the way covid has shuffled so many rosters you know he could have jump ship or pouted or what have you Cade Borchert and he's got five goals and nine points and against Bemidji the weekend I saw them play you know he was the he dressed as the 13th skate uh, 13th uh, forward he but he ended up scoring on the power play was playing penalty kill was playing big minutes in the third period when they were up trying to preserve that 5-4 lead uh, by the next night, he was playing on the top line with uh, Jeremko and Lutz. He has a 35% shooting percentage. <laughs> that's it's, just, for a hockey player, seems absurd. I don't know if that's a good you know, a baseline of that, but that seems high. Yeah, he just seems to be right place, right time. The goals yeah. I've seen both um, you know, the weekend I watched him play and even um, watching the Northern games uh, on TV this or on, on Flow this weekend. And, and the other thing is, like, Reggie Lutz has been a scorer, you know, pretty much his whole time there, and Jeremko's been really good. And so they, they it's funny that it's for as many seniors as they lost, uh, that they're still um, such a veteran team um, with, you know, the guys I just mentioned, you know, Jared Spooner, um, Reese Molick, just, you know, really a... And, and the other guy that's, uh, you know, it's Lucas Souter was their top returning goal uh, scorer. He's out of the lineup right now. Um, little, I don't, I'm not really sure uh, what's wrong with him, but he's been out the last four games. So, I mean, I don't know. They're finding guys to do it. And um, yeah, like I said, I, I wouldn't have even mentioned, I would have not recognized Borchardt's name at all from the last few years. You know, and no, he's, he played, he's stepping ten, up and filling in. Ten games, no points last year. So. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even recognize the name at all, and he's your guys, like you said, top scorer. So, yeah, that's that's a Minnesota State thing. You know, <laughs> there's always somebody waiting. Reload. Yep. Yeah, they've done a good job of that. I just thought they might. There was much bigger chance to take a step back. Uh, you know, this year just with 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 all of that turnover, and and because not not just because of last year, but 
you know, those guys that I all that, that I mentioned, all those seniors, I mean, they were uh, yeah, that's a big class. They, they all played, with the exception of uh, Hookinson, they all played since their freshman year. I mean, they played a ton of games. So it wasn't like they just had one great senior season. They all they came through as freshmen thrown into the lineup and you know, never came out. Yeah, you don't want to you know, you don't want to talk about what could have been, but last year's playoff run being interrupted for that group is is definitely a shame. It's heartbreaking. I mean, I yeah. you know, covering covering that story that day. I mean, the WCHA playoffs they probably would have been done, right? But well, that's um, they I, I would have gotten the at, at large. <laughs> I had just finished um, filing that story. You know, I was kind of watching Twitter. I was at home. I was monitoring that story all morning because you know Rudy Gobert happened the night before. And everything was shutting down. And all morning, different conference tournaments, uh, both in basketball and hockey, were being shuttered. And, you know, maybe it was 11 o'clock when the WCHA finally announced um, that they weren't going to play the tournament. They were going to cancel it. And I guess they had gone through a few different scenarios of, of how they could have played it, including, they, you know, there was talk that they were going to do uh, – try to just get the four teams together in uh, Mankato or Bemidji and just play them, just play a one and done. Yeah, I thought we had heard if it was supposed to be like everybody was already in Bemidji and Mankato, so they were just going to play one game on Friday and whoever won, yeah, drive it was going to be in Mankato if Mankato won, Bemidji if Bemidji won, and then in, I don't remember which town if they both lost. I can't remember which they said, probably in Bemidji, so... Bowling Green wouldn't have to travel because Tech was the lowest seed. Yeah, that might that might be right. I heard something like that, and by the time they, it sounded like they were really close to approving that, and then they felt like they needed to shut the whole thing down. And then I went to work, you know, writing that story. And honestly, it was half hour after I finished filing that story that um, the NCAA announced that everything was done. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. Like, I, I don't even think I would ever want to go back and listen to our podcast like those two <laughs> weeks prior. Yeah. Because I think we were kind of, uh, well, we were definitely anti-cancellation and talking about how nothing's going to stop our Dustin's trip or, or me going to watch the games. Like, I was planning on being in Mankato because I was like, the games are going to happen. Maybe they don't have fans, but I can still go on a press pass. Like, I'm yeah. going to go. And then it all like fell apart so quickly and it not that it was the wrong decision it was just amazing how quick it went and yeah and also, it was also weird how slow the wcha was to like say anything and then and then just as they're ready to announce something is when everything else falls apart and they 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 hold back for long enough to to for all of us to know that it, it was kind of pointless to keep playing if uh there's not going to be a national <clears throat> tournament so Right. Yeah. And I, I just, yeah. And I went back down to the rink and they were, all the players were being called back and the athletic director was there and they were basically told, you know, your season's over. And there they were like, yeah. And, you know, players who came back, you know, who had a chance to sign the year before they had the heartbreaker out at Providence, you know, losing that three nothing lead. And, and, you know, they just all came back with kind of a mission and I, I thought they were playing better and better. They were just so solid there at the end of the year, and um, 
and then just to have it like, you know, to watch it taken away from them in, you know, and I, I don't know, it's, it happened to a lot of athletes and it happened to a lot of people who had jobs. I mean, you, you talk all kinds of heartbreak that happened because of COVID people dying. I mean, it's, it's an awful, it's been an awful, it was an awful year, but just to, to watch, you know, that group, um, as veteran as they were and just being me following that story um to watch it just be done it was it was yeah really heart-wrenching yeah for sure so we talked about this a little bit but so tanner edwards you believe is hurt yeah I don't, he hasn't played yet i and i don't know I, i'm not going to practice every day as i had had done before so um i i think that's the case um but i i don't know for sure um you know they're once again they're, sh- they're showing off their depth so it it it, it, it could be uh it just could be a, a man in waiting too <laughs> yeah well we so the running joke is that we thought he was going to tech and okay. then we like the name had been given to me at some point that he was a target and then, like a week later, he commits to Minnesota State. And then we've had this running joke on the podcast about all of his penalty minutes in juniors because he had like a three, four yep. game stretch there where he got a major or I don't know. He had like five and then three read majors the... in three out of five games or something like that. <laughs> yeah, or like instigating and spearing and like he he just sounds like a real like maybe he likes, part of the reason he, likes he the hasn't tough played ice. is he's a little he likes yeah, the he tough, likes ice. tough ice okay <laughs> is he a cat or a dog <laughs> no he was he's more of he, a raccoon <laughs> he was the leader in penalty minutes in, in the whatever junior league he was in by a significant factor yeah i think he was like double the second place guy he was comparable to the two nmu guys last year at the end of the year above and beyond the rest of the league in the wcha that's that's not necessarily a good thing. That poor little man. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's a little man though. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> and we actually got a question about it a couple weeks ago when we played Minnesota State. Like one of our patrons was disappointed because they because we've talked about him so much <laughs> that they didn't even get to see him play. So we'll see if that happens this weekend. I don't know. <laughs> Joe Shawnow or anything you guys want to talk about from that this week? I think the only real interesting piece of that was the, the transfer portal talk he was talking about was, yeah, a, was a good got a section question about that. Yeah. Okay. I'll let you, uh, from... I'll let you go to that then. I didn't know that that was unprompted. I feel, feel happy yeah. to be on topic. Well, I'm, I'm excited that I created a podcast questions channel on our discord. So they're separate. So I don't have to find them through yeah. everything else. <laughs> Let's see. So, what are our thoughts on the transfer transfer portal comments made by Joe today? Blank slate. How would you want to want it structured if you could change it? So I was listening while I was laying on the couch after work. So if I miss or forget anything, I'll let somebody else fill in. But the basics of it was he was talking about how a program, and we'll go back to the basketball stuff, a program like Duke can pull somebody from Cincinnati or from somewhere else after they lose somebody, and it makes it, so that those top programs can pull kids and recruit kids from other schools instead of just recruiting f- from actual recruiting grounds, right? And then Joe also talked, I think, last week a little bit about the whole Ashbrook 
opportunity and how he he was kind of throwing shade at some other coaches on that too because he yeah, said they're... sometimes when the kids show up in the portal they've already committed somewhere else like it's it's a formality by then which it really shouldn't be as far as i understand it you shouldn't really be talking to other schools till you're in the portal until you're in the portal yeah that's my thought um and that's another issue too but basically his idea on the show from from the piece i can remember best is that he doesn't want to see it where it's used as a recruiting tool for the top schools to pull talent from other schools. And I think that's a really valid concern with the, the transfer portal, right? What if you get a kid to commit or you, 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 uh, you roster a kid, you give him a scholarship, you, you give him that spot in your program. He shows up the next, you know, a couple of years later in juniors and really hits it big. I feel bad for the kid because maybe he could have committed to a different program, but at the same time, you're punishing the smaller schools that are going out and actually giving these kids the opportunities that the blue chip schools aren't giving them. Yeah, and the analogy to basketball is actually, I think, a good one because of the one-and-dones and the early departures, yeah. and, and that plays in with college hockey too now, where one of the harder things that these blue blood schools have had to deal with is everybody leaves early, and the kids who don't leave early, you probably don't want for the fourth year anyway because they're underperforming, and that's why they're still there. And and if if a school like Minnesota can replace a, a sophomore that left early with somebody else's junior or senior that they developed for three, four years, that that's a big advantage to them versus having to start over with freshmen again all the, the time. Only, right, but the only way that's going to happen is if a player – chooses to go to enter the portal and if that player and and i don't think they can do that before they're actually in school um so they're they're choosing to if a player is choosing to enter the portal there's a reason that the player is doing that that person's unhappy um that person wants to change the scenery so then it does become a once that kid's in the portal then yeah it does become a, a recruiting game and i understand what what Joe might be saying there, but if, you know, it's not like they're recruiting players who are on his roster who aren't in the portal. Um, and if there is some of that going on behind the scenes, generally that's probably involving uh, player, you know, family, advi- family, quote unquote, advisors, family yeah. advisors yeah. and, you know, other surrogates of players and teams where that stuff is not, uh, you know, where it's in the gray area. Can't, yeah, it ends up being yeah. a little gray. But yeah, I, you know, so I get where he's coming from. But you know, if one of the Vitek player decides to enter the portal, you know, uh, first of all, if you're a coach, you got to figure out <clears throat> why that's the case, or if that even matters to you. Um, if that person leaves, you know, in the past they would just kind of just transfer. So now the portal just shows that they're available. And, you know, I think as long as the year of sitting out stays, which I is think not it, the case this year, right? R- I think it's, well, this year is this year's this year. I mean, this, it's, it's this year is going to be the Wild West. So. Right. And I think as long as that that year, that year penalty stays for going into the portal, it, it gives the, the player a penalty for leaving a school that's put resources toward him, which I think is the right way to do it. I don't. I don't think having it in a normal year 
where you know things aren't COVID related and programs aren't dropping and restarting and you don't know whether you're going to get to play. What they're doing this year, I think, is, makes complete sense. If if a kid can't play somewhere and they have the opportunity to go play somewhere, then yeah, let them do it. I have no problem with that. But in a normal year, I don't think that makes sense. And and I think a distinction does need to be made on the difference between a, a kid that's transferring just to transfer in a grad transfer. Yeah, grad transfer is different too. I, These are student athletes. If I, they're not working on a right. program, then go ahead. I I don't have any problem with a a kid that is done with their degree and still has a year yep. of eligibility. They put in the work to get done with their degree early. Agreed. That's a reward for them. Like if if they want to leave yeah. the program at that point, I I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, if you can make it through a college degree and have a year of skating eligibility left, by all means, you deserve to play another year somewhere else. I have no issue with that either. That's an interesting debate because, uh, you know, when I remember when, and this may go back to Russell Wilson playing football at Wisconsin because he was a grad transfer, then you started to see it pop up a little bit more here and there and then in college hockey. Um, and then at some point there was a debate about whether or not the NCA was going to continue to allow it. And I, I, you know, I'm with you guys. Like I, I thought like if there's anything that the NCA should be for, for as far as player movement, it's a grad transfer. I mean, yeah. they got their degree, they graduated They They went, they went to class, <laughs> they, <Right>. you know, <laughs> like, and now they're going to grad school. Yes, I know they're going to play a sport, but the technically going to grad school, like it's everything a student athlete, the term that they love to use, right, should be about. So why would you punish? Why would you take that away from? Uh, because it's being I, abused. Because technically, the rule is about being able to transfer to a school that actually has the grad program you want to go to. That's what I mean, it's supposed to be for, and it's being abused to go to the school you want to play for. I agree with you guys. I think it's a perfectly good rule, <laughs> yeah. but that's that's the issue that they're having. But from everything I've many... gathered from what Joe's actually talking about is that they're trying to add a rule that says you can transfer one time without sitting out, even if you're not a grad transfer. Yeah, see, I don't agree with that. I, I, I strongly disagree with that, and I think that will be abused by the Big Ten schools uh, to, to pull, Big Ten and CHE schools to pull from the WCHA. It just, it, it's a bit, but you know, then it then it does fall on the teams, though it does fall on the programs to nurture their players, make them want to be there, make you know, not over recruit, you know, not you know, have <laughs> you know, I think that's you know, this is kind of what is this doing is balancing out what you know a lot of people had accused big time sports of doing for so long, which was put the players in. A box like once they got to a school, um, you know, you, you go back to. You, I mean, this goes back years and years. Where you go back to the years when there was unlimited scholarships in in, in Division One football, and you know the number of quarterbacks Michigan would recruit, and you know all these other big ten, even the bottom half of the Big Ten, they couldn't compete because. Michigan had seven of the better best quarterbacks in the Big Ten. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, well, Notre you know, Dame did the same thing, right? They'll have right. four of the best tackles in the country on their team, and instead of them being on other teams, and it, and then it kind of grew to the point where not only did the, the the schools who weren't as good cry cry foul because they weren't being able, able to compete, but eventually the players started to figure it out, and their families, and they finally said, "Well, wait a second. We want to play. It's not just about being the fourth string tackle at Notre Dame. It might be for some, 
but it's not good, not for everybody. And, you know, I, then they want to go to another school to play and that helped mid majors. And, you know, in college hockey, you look at, you know, why is the WCHA survived the way it has post uh, realignment? Well, it's the, it's, it's because of the efforts put in by Minnesota state, Michigan tech, Bowling green, Bemidji state, you know, Northern Michigan to some degree. I mean, it, it's, it's that, and it's, and, and the players are seemingly pleased with the decision, but you know, 15 years ago, uh, it, <laughs> they might not have been. So I think it does fall upon the programs and the schools and the coaches to, to make sure that they're taking care of the players like they said they were going to when they recruited them. And it, yeah, I, I think it's a double-edged sword where, yes, Michigan Tech could lose more uh, Donahue-type players earlier because they're not happy with Joe's style but the, or whatever, but that falls back on Joe to making them comfortable sure. and picking the right guys. But at the same time, maybe it also gives Michigan Tech more chances to get players like Bliss and Bratzman who were part of Wisconsin over recruiting. Like you said, Shane, like if those kids come in and play a year and for whatever reason, they're not getting their chance, that's a good opportunity for some of these guys to leave these big programs. Like, well, or like you said, look at um, the kid leading the scoring for Minnesota state. Maybe if he doesn't have to sit out a year, he leaves this off season because he didn't get his chance last year. Or maybe if, or maybe it's not just not being able to, sit, you know, play right away. But maybe it's how you've, you know, how you're taken care of. You know, do you like being there? Do you like being part of the program? Do you see the, do you see the end result? Do you realize that, you know, are the coaches constantly reminding you, you're going to get your chance. It's not going to be this year. But yeah. look, there are nine guys graduating. You're going to get a shot, and if you stick with it. Guess what? You can be the leading scorer on the team seven games in. <laughs> you know, <Right>. I mean, <laughs> I, maybe no one sees that coming either. Maybe it's just a fluke. But I, I do think that that's it, it's going to get harder. I, I with if it's everything's wide open, it's going to be hard to find quality backup goaltenders. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, guys aren't going to want to sit. I mean, Minnesota State had you know. Jackson Stauber came in as a freshman last year and played once at Huntsville and saw what Dryden McKay was doing and said, I'm nope. out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and he's at Providence yeah. now. And, and, you know, but he went back to junior hockey and I, you know, it's yeah, a lot, it's, it's a lot easier. Keep, keep uh, backup goalies. If you're not willing to do like what Denver used to do, where they had a Friday night goalie and a Saturday yeah, night goalie. Yeah. Yeah, and what did they? What did what did my friend call them? Because it, what did he call it? The Catholic rotation? Because he had Fisher on Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like you're. I think you're right, and that's always been the interesting thing with the grad transfer is like how many goalies have grad transferred because that's the easiest position to just slide right in and be the starter. On a college team that needs a goalie. I mean, Joe's tried to take advantage of it multiple times now. Yeah, Minnesota State has, you know, they have a goalie on their roster right now. Is their third grad transfer in goal. I mean, 
Uh, only, you know, Connor LeCuvier ended up becoming number one guy that season. Um, Matthias Israelson from Northern played 10 games, I think, and before Dryden took over. Um, and now they have Ryan Edquist from BC. Um, but he must he must he must know what he's getting into. He he must know that he's not he's joining a team with Dryden McKay. Yeah. He's played once. He looked good against Bemidji the second night. Um, you know I don't know how much more he'll play, but you know he's from Lakeville. He's close to home. He'd been in BC. He'd played twenty one games in four years. Got his degree from Boston College. I hear it's a good school. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. well, well, and Tech's in the same spot. spot. They had Packy Munson, they had Jerusik, and now they've got uh, Sinclair. Um, and I, and I, from from Joe's perspective, I'm sure it's good because you don't get stuck with like if somebody's unhappy or whatever and leaves on you, you don't get stuck with like a senior and two freshmen in goal all the time either. But it'll it'll really be interesting to see. I, I know the question was, what would I do? I really don't have a problem with the one time letting a kid change his mind because they make these decisions at like 15, 16. Like, I don't have a problem with that. Maybe, maybe key, kids, shouldn't be, the, maybe the, kids the, shouldn't be committing that early. <laughs> well, yeah. But I think the key to it <laughs> all it is whether or not the, the back-end family advisor stuff is like – if there's actual discussions between coaches and family advisors before they're in the portal, that's the issue and it needs to be punished. And I don't really see that happening because the NCAA doesn't really have a whole lot of spine when it comes to that, especially when it comes to cracking down on blue bloods. They just don't do that. And I don't think they'll care that much about college hockey, honestly, to really do anything. And then... The other part of this that's going to mess everything up if this rule happens anytime soon is all these kids that get another year of eligibility right now because this year doesn't really count. And then you've got all these kids and juniors that might age out of juniors. And Joe brought that up. He's like, I don't know how many kids that are going to supposed to be coming in as 21-year-old freshmen that they're going to get bumped now because – because the some of these guys are going to stay for an, a second senior year. That's going to just trickle down because there's going to be bigger schools are going to bump kids and, and they're going to want to go to new places and the mid, middle schools are going to get new kids and bump them. And so maybe so maybe it's a good time for St. Thomas to come in then. Huh? Yeah, there'll be plenty of them for St. Thomas to pick up. You fill a roster up there. <laughs> I tell you what, that talk about a way to get um, off on a good foot. Right. Yeah, you know they'll have every. They're able to bring in grad transfers or senior, you know, fifth year seniors who, yeah, um, and you know build a veteran program on day one. Um, you know, the only thing they'll have going against them is they still won't have a rink, but that'll that'll be just a few years away. And I think look, I I think that I think St. Thomas just has a chance to be. They have a chance to be really good in that league. I think right away. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Pretty early it'll, it'll be nice to have another short road trip for me. <laughs> That'll be great. That'll be awesome. And I'm a St. Thomas grad, so I'm kind of a little excited about that um, to have another team well, to kind of follow. Case, so what have you really heard about rinks and all that stuff? 
Not a lot. Not no, a lot, really. Okay. Um, no, I've, I've asked once in a while, but I, I have no real inside knowledge on, on that. There's not a lot of room on cam- campus anymore, but they'll find a way, knowing them. Do they have a place where they're planned on playing already before a rink at this point? I assume they'll play in the rink that they're already in, which is um, a rink they share with St. Thomas Academy, the high okay. school. Yep. It's in Mendota Heights. It's a fairly newish arena. It's pretty nice. Very good Division Three rink, um, but not. So on the Arizona State to Anchorage level last year, where would they be at? That would be, it'll be better than what <laughs> Anchorage was doing. They won't have yeah. people coming in from the pool where people are dressing for <laughs> hockey. Um, <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, but I have a feeling they'll find a way to to do do something, you know, pretty good. It'll be interesting, and then of course, you know, that'll be the big college hockey parlor game. Will be to see uh, what they do uh, with head coach. Yeah, it's exciting to either. No, just, you know, usual names pop up here and there, but, you know. I got to imagine that's a pretty a pretty decently attractive job being in the Twin Cities, right? I D1 think school that's yeah. brand new and is committed to a new program. That that's that has to pull some interest. A lot of people are going to yeah, see I, the potential absolutely. for sure. Absolutely. Right. Maybe our league won't have a commissioner anymore for a while. I would hope not, but yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be. Uh, I don't yeah. think it's going to be him. But no, I yeah. think he's happy in his role. Well, as far as the arena goes, what was it last year? At some point, did I heard a rumor about St. Thomas Arena, but have heard nothing about it. And what I heard is, there's I, was, a... I was actually right down to where that rink is, where you said that rink would be. As I got yeah, you guys, uh, you guys were parking lot hunting. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I, I, had, I had heard somebody told me, I don't remember who it was, but somebody had told me that the University of Saint Thomas owns the surface lot in downtown Minneapolis next to the business college, and that was what the plan was was to put it there, off of Hennepin. I, well, I've not heard that one. That seems. You mean Dustin's conspiracy theories aren't uh, aren't out there? Like I, said, I actually drove I actually <laughs> drove right past that on Sunday because I got COVID tested down there because I could get a rapid test. Personally, I'd like to see him, and I I have not even heard this be. Yeah, you know, let's start a rumor. We could start a rumor. That's uh, the old. Don't worry, we started it last. You year, guys so. are if you guys are the old enough to remember the old David Letterman late night show, the NBC show, where yeah, say Dave starts a rumor. Um, <laughs> we could, I, I just think, you know, when I was in, when I was in college there, they played at the fairgrounds Coliseum at the Minnesota state fairgrounds and that's um, where they should play. They should build a new fairgrounds Coliseum because they mm-hmm. took the ice out of that one. And it's just a big old barn. You know, if they built a new, new one on, I'm sure the fair, they could partner with the fairgrounds. Everybody seems to need to partner now if they want to build anything new, yeah. Uh, in terms, of, but you know, that's just me throwing that out there. That's not even a. Where Where is that even at in relation to campus? I, I don't know the Twin Cities that well, to be honest. Uh, it's like straight north. north, three. Yeah, straight, straight north. north. What, three miles. Bad. Yeah, it'd be okay. It's essentially it'd essentially be building building an arena on the University of Minnesota campus, but it's close. Well, the St. Paul side, Paul campus, Hamlin? Yeah. Isn't Hamlin right there too? Well, Hamlin's yeah, just, Hamlin's really close just south. south. They, yeah. just south Hamlin the used to play there. Too. Yeah, Hamlin used to play there too. But the um, who's the who actually plays at Tria? Is that Hamlin? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. 
Because that was my first thought, and then I realized that Hamlin but, plays there. But I don't even think that would be a good enough Division One rank. Well, no, it wouldn't be good enough Division One, but I think it's a better option until they get something else than yeah. than St. Thomas. I know there's Academy. people who have thrown out them playing at Ritter. <laughs> I just think having a Division One mm, team playing at a at that's a, weird playing at playing <laughs> another at university's at branded university, building. Yeah, yeah seems, that would be odd. I've been advocating for a few years now that the state fair needs to expand the grounds to their parking lot area south of Como. That'd be a great place for a new arena, just south of Como, south of the fairgrounds. Yeah. Well, they're not asking this alum for a giant donation, that's for sure. (laughs) 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 All right, so flow hockey. Uh, I have a positive thing to say. After first being very confused as to why the game wasn't starting on time, I realized it's because they have created the pause and rewind and fast forward function on the Roku app now. So, so the game can, was What's that? I can do pausing if I use my use a browser on the web page. I cannot do it on my iPad. You cannot do it on your iPad? No. And you couldn't do it this weekend on your iPad cuz it literally started working this weekend. I don't believe it was working on my iPad. Now that said, and there was a big discussion about this inside of Discord, was a lot of people this weekend were having start-stop stuttery issues that were so bad that, like, I literally saw shots with the same exact dirt commentary twice on on the computer. When I switched my iPad, it was flawless. Yeah. So, it, was, it was weird on the computer, for, or on the Roku app, for, for sure. But it's really nice to finally have the pause, rewind, fast-forward function so that if I'm distracted i can rewind and watch the goal myself versus watching hoping yeah. they show a replay well I rewound some schools aren't very good at that i rewound and looked at the the missiac and i don't remember who else it was penalty the, the two uh the two miners that were together for the holding the stick and hooking yeah i rewound and looked at that several times and the it sucks there's not a there's not a option to select the speed of which playback happens like you could on stretch on stretch i could drop it down to like you know 0.25 time and really yeah. watch a play and, and see what happened in that case especially given how you know the quality of the camera doesn't seem to be the best at times but i was able to rewind and rewatch that a couple of times and watch missyak you know do a little bit of stick work that probably deserved a penalty before the uah guy finally says the hell with this i'm just going to hold on to your stick all the way from the net to the back of the corner and you know i think those are fair penalties to call on both sides there but I was able to do that for the first time with with uh, flow compared to normal, which was nice. I do yeah. like doing that. Yeah, I, I I appreciated that that function now exists. The one problem I had is when I went to go play the game, it started at the beginning of the video, even though I was logging in thirty minutes after it started. And I'm like, did the game time change? Oh, sure, sure. And so I actually at the put beginning that in here? Discord, and then somebody's like, no, you can fast forward now. And I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah. So then I fast forwarded after missing like the first four minutes of the game because I just assumed that <laughs> the game was 30 minutes later than I thought it was. Well, I mean, with this year, with the times being so crazy yeah. and changing well, the times in different are weird, dates. And then the games were in yeah. they're in a different time zone usually than me. So then I'm always wondering, well, did I get did I think it was, you know, four o'clock Eastern right. and I and instead of Central or whatever? Like I always get it confused. It's like, did I have it backwards? Um, oh, I have I have huge trouble with like my whole brain is on the wrong schedule this year because those early games are just like 
you get done and it's like all right it's, it's, you know yeah. it's it's later at night and it, it's not it's the middle of the day still <laughs> it's yeah, it was, it's like I, the I one winter carnival game that's what it makes me think of because the the sunday game literally finished and i was watching joe sean's comments for the post game as the packer game kicked off it was like perfect timing <laughs> sure <laughs> Yeah, it, it you know it's like that one carnival game you know each year where you'd come out of Carney and it'd still be you know semi bright outside and you're like oh this is this isn't a hockey game and that's happening <laughs> every weekend. Yeah, it's weird, definitely weird. I know they're what seven, seven and six this coming weekend Central Time for those of you that aren't listening in Central Time. Is that right, Shane? I believe that is correct. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I just looked, so I shouldn't even say I believe. That's what I just saw. <laughs> So, provided yeah. it doesn't change. Normal hockey times. So, the only other thing I've got that's worth discussing that I didn't discuss on the uh, the intro was the MTU hockey jerseys. I've got a lot of questions about that. And I guess I have one other thing because I think we had one more uh, patron question. But everybody keeps asking. We finally got to see the 100th season jerseys. I probably should have mentioned that during our season or our series wrap. Uh, I think I it made sense. To, I, I think it made sense to save them for the first game of the calendar year, right? That, or the opening of of conference play, things so how we couldn't use them versus Michigan, as originally planned. So yeah, well, and I, what was the the reasoning was because they didn't play a game until January in their first season, right? Yeah, I, I believe was so. The, was the method that, like obviously? I think if this had been a normal year, we would have seen them against Michigan, but it's fine that it it went this way. Um. But we finally got to see those jerseys. Uh, the fact that they got worn and tweeted out by the MTU equipment, uh, MTU hockey equipment account, whatever that is. And then somebody asked, where do you buy them? So we got even more interest in, in the darn jerseys. There are 270-some people that want to buy that jersey. Um, so for all of you out there that listen to this, which is a lot less people than want to buy that jersey. (laughs) (laughs) That's sad. Um, If you're listening to this and you're wanting to buy that jersey and haven't ordered it yet, go ahead and go to jerseys.techhockeyguide.com and sign up. But hopefully here, sometime in January, I will get all the kinks worked out. But for anybody listening who signed up or anybody listening who wants to sign up, if you want to blank one of those jerseys, it's going to be about 180 bucks. I don't know that's if that includes bad. tax and shipping or not, but that's the price I've been told. And then I think what we're going to end up doing is having basically two pots for university images to color, do the orders on. There'll be the pot for people that just want a blank jersey, and then there'll be the pot for the people that want customized jerseys. And all the customized jerseys will get shipped directly to Exclusive Pro, and I'll be collecting all that info and all the extra money for that. Uh, we're looking at probably 75 bucks to customize with name, number, and the captain's letter, which would probably be a little extra. We'll see how that goes. And then we are going to order the cream jersey for sure. And if I get a little bit more interest or a little bit more clarification from people, we will probably order the gold jersey as well. And those two orders will be the more traditional route where you're 
you're getting me the money up front and then we wait and wait and wait and get the jerseys around Christmas time next year or next Christmas, not next, not Christmas 2022, but (laughs) about 12 (laughs) months from now, you'll get your Jersey. Um, so hopefully I'll get that stuff here figured out in January. I've been bugging people who filled out the form saying they wanted three styles, but only one Jersey to give me their priority list so I can, make a determination if we have enough interest to order both those styles um so we'll go from there but hopefully we'll get the kinks worked out on how we're gonna do this order um because i have to make sure that i get info from university images as to who actually ordered jerseys so that i know who actually to forward the info to um exclusive pro for customization but that's the plan right now I think it's actually going to work out way better than what we talked about in, I guess it was last week's episode. So I, I take back a bunch of what I said negatively about university images, whether that was the Patreon version or not. Um, it should work out pretty well. And if it goes the way I think it can go, it should be a little less headache for me because of I won't have to juggle quite as much money for all of you ordering those 200-some jerseys. Um, It'll probably be 300 by the time we actually order these things, but who knows. So the other question was, when do we think the NCAA tournament will decide on a method, like the the method will be decided? And I think my answer (laughs) is, like, before the conference tournaments, maybe we'll have an answer. Like it's, it feels like it's it's not going to be decided anytime soon, or at least not announced. I have no knowledge on that. I I, I really don't. I I think, um, you know, they just didn't they just. I don't even know if it was officially announced. I thought I saw a headline today about the NCAA basketball tournament going to a. A single site, single site, um, possibly multiple arenas, but they would just be in Indiana. You know, most of which would probably take place at Lucas Oil, but they probably would use a few, maybe other gyms um, or arenas or something. You know, for early rounds. But I mean, if they're just deciding that now, even if they're, uh, like I said, I don't even know if it was official. I think I just saw a tweet about it or something. But I mean, the but but the the decision on who's making that tournament is going to be the same as previously. Like that's, that's the issue we're having is how can you be playing this season, not even knowing what the criteria are to make the tournament. Whereas basketball, they have their system and it's sticking, right? I would assume, I guess maybe not, Yeah, but they're playing, they're playing non-conference games, right? I mean, Wisconsin's Um, played Marquette. Yeah. Some are for sure. Yeah. Certainly, way more than what we've got in college hockey. Where, if if, in all honesty, like the WCHA is probably in a good spot because Bowling Green kicked ass except for one game, right? But Huntsville lost. Yeah. What if as long as as long as everybody beats Huntsville in the that's, conference, that's, that's okay. True. It doesn't hurt <laughs> you. But I, I, my answer to the question is. They will announce it as soon as they figure out how to get every Big Ten team, Boston College, and Arizona State into the tournament at the same time. Once they figure that out, they'll announce it. (laughs) Yeah, sounds about right. 
So, yeah, we've got the Minnesota State-Michigan Tech series. Uh, you know, we played earlier this year. Michigan Tech hung on for a win. Uh, hopefully they can do that again, but I'm not all that confident, especially with it being on the road, even if it's not in front of fans. And and hung, um, hung on is the right way to say it because they, uh, Pietala got pummeled and somehow yeah. still managed to only let in one. I know this yeah. week is the first week in, in like a solid month that we didn't have a player of the week. Which makes sense when the goalie didn't play both nights and we didn't put up a ton of points. Yeah, and the goals, goals, goals like are spread, so State spread out. I guess I could have seen I could have seen um uh Rockwell being defense defenseman. Yeah, Rockwell had two, two pretty much identical goals, you know, just yeah. Little wristers from the top of the slot or top of the top middle of the circles there that yeah. were, were nice shots. That's the only one that I would have thought had a chance, but yeah, I would agree with you. Well, and did did Nardella get more than one point? He had a he goal just... and an assist. Yeah, goal and assist. so I thought and maybe I think he could have been rookie, but that went to was, Hiroshi. Was yeah. his goal? Was his goal the kick goal? I'm trying to think. It might have been. Or was that Richard? Some the kick goal was one of the guys' first goals. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was Cameron Wright, Will Cullen, Dryden McKay, and Akito Hiroshi this week. So, first time we haven't had Matt have to write something in like a month on the on that. But uh, what do you think is going to happen this weekend, Shane? Um, it's a good question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'd like to think that Minnesota State, just the way they've been playing, is um, you know they've been scoring a lot and not giving up much. I, I I have a feeling that they they could sweep, but there's two pretty good goalies uh, going at it this weekend. So uh, you know if Pietala can keep them down for a while and keep things close, I, I would not be surprised uh, to see a split. And Minnesota State might be banged up. I mean they had Spooner went out Friday after scoring a goal, didn't return. Um, Nathan Smith has been just a, you know, big time player. He went down, looked like maybe a shoulder or something. Uh, saw him working on it. He didn't return. Um, I know Hastings told the, uh, free press afterwards that he was going to get reevaluated in Mankato. So, you know, that's, um, that's two centers. It's, you know, that's two pretty important players. So if they're not if they're not able to go, and if Souter's still out, it'll be interesting to see, hmm. you know what 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 they do. Uh, Tanner there. Edwards time could be. <laughs> they also just the other thing is uh, you know they scored I think four power play goals this weekend, so they got that clicking pretty well. So that that's going to be real. That's going to be real interesting to watch. I think because Tech's power play. I think right now we're at. I think we're we're top three in the nation. I think it's second in the nation on on PK. So it'll be interesting if that that can stay or not, right? Yeah, they're, <laughs> Given... they're number two in the country in the penalty yeah. kill and fifth in the country in goals against average. Right. Minnesota State's uh, power play is now seven number for twenty-two, uh, 31.8%. Yeah. After this so the number one power play That's versus the number two penalty kill, that'll be an interesting matchup. Because they didn't allow a power play goal 
last time, right? Two Minnesota no, State. They there were a lot of they couldn't get their power play. No, but they couldn't. I remember there were, there were a couple power play chances that they just didn't seem to. Yeah. And that was with a couple major chances too. That was the two major weekend oh, too, right. wasn't it? Yeah. Right. Yeah, so, it might have been. I mean, holding off two majors against Minnesota State on the PK is. Uh, I mean, that's that's a victory right there. <laughs> so, yeah, that'll be interesting to see. Sorry, the USA almost got a breakaway when they haven't had. They've had one shot since the last time I said anything, where Finland's had five, something like that. Um, yeah, I think, you know, before Shane brought up all these injuries, my first thought is <laughs> that uh, Michigan Tech found a way to win, and I feel like that's going to light a fire under Minnesota State to kind of kick our ass this weekend. But <laughs> if they if they don't quite have the horses to do it, you know, maybe that leaves an opportunity for a split, but I, I don't see more than that. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go on the negative side and say we have our one win for the year against Minnesota State, and it's not happening again. <laughs> and of course, it's in the non-conference series, like that. Uh, yeah, like that one year that we were terrible in WCHA, yet somehow beat North Dakota in the GLI third place game. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I I I'm going with a Maverick sweep this weekend. I'll be the negative one to start off with. <laughs> I'll take that one this week. <laughs> I mean, I'll take the split. We don't all have to be different because i'm not picking a tech sweep <laughs> <laughs> not this time <laughs> not. um i i think in order for tech to not get swept we're going to have to see a game from piedela like we saw last time and i don't think that's out of the question i don't it's think that that's that's not possible he's, he's right? that good of a goalie he's, he's shown it this yeah. year that he he's that good of a goalie that he can steal a game and he's going well, to have to steal if he a can... game Especially if he can make a couple big slaves early on and Tech gets the first goal and just finds a way to grind out a one nothing to one win. Like it, I don't I don't like those kind of games. No. Those are the worst. No, I, I can't stand that feeling. Especially when it especially if you get to that point where it feels like you're just defending for an entire period. Yeah, it was bad enough doing a, a one-goal lead against Huntsville this last weekend. I don't want a one-goal <laughs> lead game against <laughs> against Minnesota State. Yeah, yeah. and with that said, I, I don't think it's going to happen. I think it'll be a sweep by Mankato, um, Minnesota State, I guess I should say. But un- unfortunately, I... I mean, I want to be wrong. But... You want to be wrong? Yeah. <laughs> right. I it's mean, better to set your expectations low, right? right yeah. And then be surprised <laughs> with a victory. I mean, we've, years we've of take, tech hockey the old has a... approach to Michigan Tech this weekend. Years of tech hockey have proven to me to be that way, right? I mean, it's been different yeah. the last few years. but uh... we've, we've seen what Minnesota State is capable of, and what they did to Northern this past weekend is, I mean... It, I mean, I... if we're looking at it that way, as long as we score at least once and give up less than eight, <laughs> I'm good. We were better than Northern. <laughs> Well, I do think that we'll score at least once. I'll say that. We'll get at least one goal this weekend. Yes. <laughs> no, I'm, looking, looking, I'm looking forward to normal time games, and I, it does seem like we tend to play comparative to how our opponent plays rather than dictating. So that means the games against Bowling Green, the games against Minnesota State tend to be better games to watch in general because we tend to play up to that level instead of, you know, the the Sunday night UAH game, which was just, oh, it was painful, right? So 
my hope is that we, we get to see some good hockey this weekend. Yeah, I agree with that. Tech does have a tendency to play up and down to their opponents. That's that's true. Yeah, I think that's that's like the the criteria you have to be a middle of the standings tier team, right? You play up when you play one way, you play down mm-hmm. when you play the other way, and at some point I would hope we get over that and start to be the Minnesota State style of, no, we're not playing down, we're, we're going to destroy you. Yeah, that would, <laughs> like what they did to Northern. That would be the goal, that right? That style is way better. That's the goal, right? <laughs> yeah. So the other thing I wanted to talk about was the Bowling Green Bemidji State Series. What do you guys think of that one? Where's it at? I did not watch any of that, to be honest. Well, that's no, they're coming playing up. this coming weekend. Oh, the one coming up? Okay. No, that's right. Bowling Green played Ferris and beat the crap out of them. And then it was close on Sunday, I think, right? It was closer. 6-1 and, and 4-2 was the other. That should be a good series. I mean, on paper. Should be. Is, is it in Bemidji or Bowling Green? It's at, it's at Bowling Green. Bowling Green. Bowling Green's on a roll right now. That's for sure. Yeah, they're what, 11-1 and one with with their uh, record right now, I think. Yeah, with their one loss, the non-conference I did have that up with, at uh, one point here. Was it Mercyhurst? Yeah, and they were, you know, they've been fortunate. They've been able to play some different opponents. They haven't had to play, you know, that many yeah. non-conference games against league opponents, and I think that's a that's kind of a nice thing for them. And they've gotten to play twelve games. Yeah, and then while being being on the other end of the conference, right, where you have teams you can play against, they've been able to do it. Yeah, they just... they swept they swept Quinnipiac, right, which that's. A pretty decent opponent to sweep, and then you know Mercyhurst is not as impressive of an opponent, but they swept them too. So it's an example of a WCHA team doing what they're supposed to do in non-conference and actually winning for a change, and it's not going to matter this year. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> I was, I mean, I'm not surprised that the preseason picks, uh, you know, that the coaches picked Minnesota State when you've won three conference championships in a row. It's and Still have a lot coming back, but you know, I, I don't remember who was picked second. Was it? I don't think it was Bowling Green. Was it Bemidji? And I think it I, was Bemidji. Yeah, yeah. I, I just it was think Bemidji, Bowling, Bowling Green, and then Tech and Northern. Northern, yeah, depending on which one. I, I, yeah. I, I Tech and just Northern, think yeah. I probably would have voted Bowling Green number one. You know, on a, if I had, uh, they didn't even let me vote in the media poll this year. What a sad situation. No. <laughs> but, <laughs> they pulled all your rights when you walked out the door. <laughs> I did, I guess. I didn't realize I had to, like, you know, give up my security card. And <laughs> Lucky you, you ever had a vote. Well, there's that, too. Uh, I can't believe you didn't. Did you, no, you see it's the local beat writer, not me. Or us. Yeah, but the but the media list. Well, maybe it was different this year. The media list had been kind of um, all comers for a while. You know, they, hey, you know, you used to have postseason awards. The media used to be able to vote on. So, in, in the WCHA back before yeah. the change. But but you know, just looking at Bowling Green's roster and yeah, I just think that they're. Well, I think we had this discussion Rock in the solid. chat when the polls came or when the when the voting came out from the coaches and the media, and it was basically we kind of agreed Minnesota State won because the way they've done reloading in the last few years, like you kind of got to knock them down before you knock them out of that poll. Yeah, we'll see what happens though. 
Well, thanks for joining us, Shane. We really appreciate having you here. You're welcome. Thanks for having me on. Any Anything you want to plug or anything like that? Not that anybody's still listening after 90-some minutes, but sometimes they're still there. <laughs> I thought you were going to say not that anybody cares about you anymore, Shane. I do. Uh, I do. Aren't you doing – No, I appreciate it. You're doing something with no, uh, soybeans now, right? I am. I am. Well, that's right up my alley. Is oh, it? we're going into ag talk now? Oh, geez. <laughs> yeah. Another Dustin thing. Back to Twitter. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a farm boy, so – Oh, nice. Yeah, so I've learned it all about it. I knew nothing about it. So I am uh, all in on the on the soybeans now. So learning every day. I work with a lot of uh, specialty grains, growers, food grade folks and such. Okay. So, cool. Yeah, but, but also with the general uh, state associations too. So it's good. Yeah. I'm learning a lot. Uh, my blog is Puckato. P-U-C-K-A-T-O at blogspot.com. Pucato's where you can still find me on Twitter. Since Tim asked me to plug something, i got to find something to plug. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's all right. Yeah. And I'll, I'll still be – I still hang around the rink once in a while. If COVID wasn't happening, it would be I'd probably a little bit more. But I've done some um, – Dabble in some freelance here and there. I've talked to Coach Hastings a few times, a couple players. So get to pick uh, and choose right. stories instead of having to write one every night. That, that's not that can't Kinda, be that bad, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> write the interesting things rather than the every game thing. Right, something like that. So it's hard. It's been hard to stay away from it, but uh, yeah, we'll see what happens this weekend. I don't know if I'm going yet or not, but I have nothing else going on. I might as well. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> right. They got room in that rink for you to sit they there do. and watch, They do. There's right? lots of room right now. Lots yeah. of room, unfortunately. I wish I it's could be gone, but I'm not driving. Uh... Well, maybe I should actually look into it for Saturday. <laughs> be, it wouldn't be nearly as bad as I think it is, probably. Probably be like four are hours. You staying, are you staying, what, are you staying down there over the weekend? Yeah, I'm supposed to work here at least through, I think, Tuesday or Wednesday, maybe the whole week. I don't know yet. Kind of depends on my comfort level with the contractor and their comfort level with what they're doing. But I'm I'm booked in the hotel to check out next Wednesday. So we'll see what happens. I'll probably just sit here and watch on flow. Uh, well, that should do it for this episode of the Chasing McNaughton podcast. Please check out our Patreon and join by visiting patreon.com slash Guide. You can follow us on Twitter at ChasingMacPod or at TechHockeyGuide, and you can follow Shane at PuckCato. You can submit your questions through our email address, ChasingMac at TechHockeyGuide.com, or send a voice message directly at anchor.fm slash ChasingMacPod. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you can't find the podcast on your site of choice, please let us know. We'll make it happen. For a list of all the different places that we have, you can go to chasingmcnaughton.com. The more you rate, review, and share, the more people we can reach, so tell your friends. As always, special thanks to Mitch Blake for recording our introduction and our patron saint, Doc McGresson, for his generous donation to get this thing running. We hope you enjoy. Also, thanks to the thank you notes for all the bumpers in this week's episode. If you like what you hear, check them out at thethankyounotes.bandcamp.com.